0: Luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. Keep listening to hear why this is a favorite quote of Karen Schoenbart, CEO of the NPD Group and author of Mom BA. This is Energy Now, a podcast to charge up your leadership in life so you can own your power at work and at home. I'm your host, Kristen, a former corporate leader who worked with some of the biggest brands on the planet, turned best-selling author, energy mastery expert, work-life futurist, widowed mom, and worldwide speaker. I'm here to give you fast and fun ideas to instantly spark up your mood, magnetism, and mindset. Join me as we charge up your energy now. Here we go again. So let's really be here, okay? So let's check in. Where's your head right now? Just take a quick breath, get grounded in the moment, actually give your head like a little shake, take another breath, and let's just bring your awareness to this moment right now. You're here to learn something new, to get inspired, to get some new ways to drive your energy now. So let's really be here. Let's not be distracted by the outside world. Let's not be figuring out what we're going to do later, thinking about our to-do list, Let's be here right now and let's get into this. Okay, so let's imagine what your life would be like if your mother was the CEO of a global company. Instead of just helping with your homework, she could provide the type of advice that would propel your career and allow you to overcome the many stumbling blocks that keep people from fulfilling their full potential at work. That's the idea behind Mom BA, Essential Business Advice from One Generation to the Next by Karen Schoenbart. She is who I'm interviewing today. She is the CEO of the NPD Group. And I will be fully transparent. I worked for the NPD Group back in my 15 years of corporate America roles before I started my own business. And I loved the company so much. I've stayed in touch with so many people there. I still use so much of what I learned there. It's a market research and data analytics company that provides research and data to some of the biggest companies and retailers in the world. And I'm so excited to be interviewing Karen today for this podcast, because truly, truly, it really was such a great experience working there. And you know, for those of you that know my backstory, I was widowed while I was in corporate America, which was almost 13 years ago, had a new baby, and that is when I was working at the NPD group was when that happened. And it was the most supportive, amazing place I could have imagined working when something like that happened. So my amazing gratitude to them and kudos to them as an amazing place to work and my amazing kudos to Karen for leading the charge. And she is now the CEO. She was there when I was there and she's the CEO now. So I'm so, so excited to talk to her and give you some insights into how she stays charged up. Some of the insights she's had from her long career as a really empowering leader. So let's dive in. I can't wait to do this. Karen, thank you so much for being here on the Energy Now podcast. Kristen, it's my pleasure. You always talk about in your media interviews when you're speaking on stage and as CEO of the NPD group about that first impression. And I talk about that as well. And how do you own the room? And in your book, Mom BA, which we'll talk about in a minute, you actually have a chapter called First Impressions. So when you think about yourself, what is one word that you think people would say you bring to a room? What's your
1: one energy word? Uh, I'd probably say positive. I'm a pretty happy person, and I try to look at the silver lining in almost every situation. And so if I had to pick one, which is, of course, hard to do, I'd say positive.
0: And when you, as the CEO of a a giant company with lots of employees, lots of clients, you have to really tap into that on the fly. How do you manage to do that every day? And why do you think that it's such an important trait in the workplace?
1: Well, you know, Kristen, unless you're a surgeon or a pilot, most of what we do is not life and death. And so we've just got to remember to keep it all in perspective. I work very hard. I care very much. But at the end of the day, we do the best we can. And we always try to do what's right for our clients and what's right for our employees. And sometimes we're going to mess up and we just have to keep a positive attitude and keep everything in perspective.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's so easy to get sucked into negativity and get stuck there. Human nature, psychology, humans actually like to stay on the same track. So if they're feeling negative, they'll actually choose subconsciously to stay feeling negative. And it sometimes is really hard to spin that and say, okay, I'm going to flip how I'm behaving right now and get back into that positive mode. Is there anything that you do, such as, you know, a song or a favorite quote or something that you can kind of think about and immediately you're like, yeah, I'm back on track?
1: Um, I mean, I do have a favorite quote. It's not quite related to that. I love the quote that luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. You know, I think that there is an element of luck, but it's really you make your own luck. You make your luck by being in the right place at the right time. You make your luck by being prepared. You make your luck by uh, being open to opportunities and so I, I love that because I'm a big believer in all of those things being prepared, uh, being open minded. And I mean, it's how I ended up in my whole career was a little bit of luck and a little bit of uh, positivity, if you will.
0: Yeah. Well, it, your book, Mom BA, it's essential business advice from one generation to the next, is filled with awesome nuggets like that. Is there a favorite chapter or a favorite? Learning that you have in the book. I mean, it's all awesome networking and relationships surviving your boss, which everyone needs at some point in time uh, Managing and motivating others. I'm just reading some of the chapter headings dealing with difficult situations skilling up I mean this stuff is all so critical. Is there anything in there that you just love to talk about?
1: Well, I actually love to talk about how the book came to be Kristen, because my daughter Danielle when she started working in advertising She realized that she knew all these things that her peers didn't know, and she just knew them naturally, and she was wondering, how did that come to be? And we realized it was because she had me as a live-in mentor her whole life. (laughs) So true story, when she was like six years old, and she wanted to have a sleepover, I made her give a presentation on why she should have a sleepover. (laughs) And so she learned all these skills, and she said she felt like she got a mom B.A., and she said, you should write a book for people who didn't have a live-in mentor growing up. So the book is basically told through a lot of stories and anecdotes as opposed to, it, it's not textbook oriented. It's very much about the, the life lessons and stories just through my experiences. So um, I, I love all of the chapters, of course, but I like the fact that it's, um, it's very real. It's very uh, readable in that way. And how old is Danielle now? Uh, She's 33 and she's a rock star in advertising. She was actually named one of the top 35 people under 35 in advertising.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And a testament to your mom BA life lessons, which I love because my daughter's 13. And you know, I'm a motivational speaker and an author like you are, along with your CEO job. But I'm always giving her life lessons and she'll say, say, Oh, mom quit giving me life lessons. And I always say, Some, someday you will appreciate this. So I'm going to use this story about Danielle and say, her mom actually wrote a book. And so am I. I have books that you're going to turn to when you're older. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, every once in a while, she would say, stop being you know, a mom BA and just be a mom. So yeah. it works both
0: ways. I love it. I love it. Well, it makes me feel better that, I, you know, even though she hates them now, she will Love them later.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and I have a son too, and you know he learned a lot of things as well, just from having a role model uh, and I love the way he thinks about women and treats women as a result of having you know a, a working mom. So I think it's all good.
0: Oh, that's amazing. So if you're having a rough day, because we all have them, as as positive as you can be, or as driven, or as powerful and and empowering as we can be at work as working moms, is there anything that you do when you're having a rough day, when you need to just really quickly
1: spin your energy? Is there something that you like to do? Well, Kristen, I guess there's a couple of things. One is when I'm really overwhelmed, uh, you know, it'd be great to say, oh, I go and I work out. But the truth of the matter is I make lists because I find that if I can get it out of my head and onto paper, then I can start to tackle it as opposed to, even before I go to bed at night, if I don't do that, then I'll, you know, I might be up at night worrying about or thinking about something. Whereas I can, if I can download it onto paper or type it in somewhere and just get it out of my brain and somewhere else, then I know it's there. I don't have to worry about it and I can start to tackle it. And I guess the other thing is because I'm an extrovert, I'm a people person, sometimes just getting up out of my desk and walking around and just going and chatting with people will re-energize me as opposed to sitting there, particularly if I'm stuck on something.
0: I love that you said that you're an extrovert, so you need to leave your desk. Do you have any ways that you've learned over the years? And this is you know, off script. I'm kind of going down a rabbit trail here because it's personally something that I'm always interested in because I'm an introvert. Have you found anything managerial leadership wise that has helped you navigate extroverts versus introverts and what they need most at work to be their best selves?
1: Uh, I think it's important to recognize that there are different types of people. Um, One thing I would say is when you're in meetings, very often the extroverts will take a lot of the air out of the room. Uh, because, you know, they like the attention, they like to talk up. And I think it's very important if you're leading a meeting to make sure to point to some of the introverts and say, hey, what do you think about this? Or what's on your mind Is, instead of waiting for them to jump in, because otherwise they might just sit there and not contribute. And I've actually even put in some people's objectives. You have such really positive things to share. I want you to share more in, in meetings. Uh, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable for you. And so as the leader of the meeting, it's important for me to make sure that everybody gets to be heard.
0: Oh, that's so important. And, you know, again, I'm such a research nerd. And I will tell everyone right now, I worked at the NPD group for five years. And so I'm naturally a (laughs) researcher. And I don't care, and you are too. But so I'm always quoting like, oh, yeah, psychology shows and things like that. But humans actually really love to hear their own name. (laughs) So I always have, you know, they hear that and they immediately get an endorphin boost and an endorphin flood will open their mind, open their facial expressions and get rid of that cranky resting face. They'll immediately lose that brow furrow, extroverted or introverted. So I always like to throw in their name too, as it just instantly gives people some warm fuzzies.
1: Yeah, and I've actually, I use that a lot, Kristen, and I actually, in the book, I have some tips on how to remember names, oh. which I think is really important, because when you do use people's names in conversation, it's an automatic bonding opportunity. Do you have a real quick one you could share to remember someone's name? Sure. It's basically, number one, first and foremost, is caring. When you're at a networking event, or you're meeting people for the first time, is saying, I'm going to remember their name, I'm going to make this a priority, Uh, So when you meet someone, you get one chance to ask a second time, you know, you and I meet, I say, oh, I'm sorry, I missed your name. You say Kristen. And then it's using their name three times, not in a creepy way, but hi, Kristen. So nice meeting you. We chat a little bit. Oh, where did you fly in from today, Kristen? Chat, chat, chat. And then so long. It was so nice meeting you, Kristen. Let's keep in touch. And if you do that and you use people's names three times, it really helps. But the most important thing is to make it a priority that you're going to actually care to do it.
0: Yeah, that's so true, because a lot of times we go to networking events, we're kind of nervous, extroverted or introverted. We get the adrenaline and the cortisol going, and that can actually fog our brains, and we forget that we actually need to remember names. So I love that, just making it a mindful choice. Okay, this is what I'm going to do, and it sounds kind of like, well, duh, but it really does have to be something you make a priority at networking events.
1: You can practice at restaurants. You know, very often now the the server will give their name so you can practice it at restaurants. Another thing I want to mention, we were talking about introverts a lot. Almost nobody likes networking, extroverted or introverted. But a lot of times introverts will say to me, well, I'm at a disadvantage because I'm an introvert in a networking environment. And I'm like, no way. I'm like, you're actually at an advantage because most people would prefer to hear themselves speak. And so if you are more introverted, if you can come up with a few really compelling, good questions to ask and be an excellent listener, people will probably rather hang out and talk with you than with others um, that are busy talking about themselves.
0: That's a great point. I love that. I completely agree. And networking, it can be a four letter word, but if you know how to approach it, it can be really powerful for career building. Now, one of your chapters in your book is the balancing act and as a speaker and author, I often talk about work-life balance being a myth because it's so hard. It is a balancing act all the time. Do you have a little nugget of wise words from that chapter about how do you try to have it all in air quotes?
1: Sure. First thing is decide what having it all is for you. And that could be having a great job and traveling. It could be being home with your family. I mean. Having it all is very different for different people. I always knew I wanted to get married and have children. I actually, Kristen, never realized I'd have this amazing career. So the first thing is realizing. And then there will be sacrifices. But I can tell you from experience, you can have a great job, be happily married, and have a family. That is doable. Now, it's not saying that there aren't other sacrifices. When my kids were little, I didn't have any friends. I didn't watch TV. I didn't work out. There, there are clearly set things that you give up. The other thing is balance. You never try for balance in a day or even a week. What I do is I color code my calendar, personal things, client things, employee relations, long-term, short-term, and I look at my calendar over the course of a month, and I try to make sure that I've got all the colors uh, in a month because it's never going to happen in a day. And even with your spouse or significant other, when the kids were little, a lot more of it fell on me. But now that the kids are grown, a lot more of the stuff around the house and everything falls on my husband. (laughs) So over the course of our lifetime, it's kind of evened out. So again, I would say my nugget would be don't try to strive for balance in a day or a week. Look at it longer term and just make sure that on a longer term basis, you're getting all the things that you
0: need. That's really interesting. I've never actually heard someone say, you know, in a course of a day. And I loved how you said over the course of a lifetime, like when the kids were little versus now when the kids are grown, 33, your daughter is, that's a really great way to put it. And that's like, that's serious perspective. And it's hard for people, I think, to pull themselves out of that sort of, uh, you know, little hourglass of time in that day. But when you pull back and look at it over a long term, that's a really powerful way to look at
1: it. I love that. And then the only other advice I give young parents is outsource as much as you can afford. And I know that's different for everybody, but you know, we didn't have furniture so we could have somebody, you know, do our laundry or whatever it might be. So, you know, prioritize and outsource as much as you can afford so you can spend time doing the things you love with the people you love.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And you know, this is a little bit of a personal aside, but when I was working at the NPD group, I was widowed while I was working there with uh 10 month old baby. And, you know, I was working in Minneapolis NPD is in New York or in Port Washington, New York. And I was working at the time for the retail business group. And as a group of, as of my teammates, they actually gave me a gift card for a house cleaning service for a couple of months after my husband died. And I will tell you, I will tell you, Karen, that cleaning woman that I got here in Minneapolis as a gift from the NPD group, from my retail business team. I had her for five more years after that until I moved out of that house. And I mean, I, you, you guys didn't pay for it the whole time. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, <but laughs> That's I, okay. I kept her because it was the biggest stress reliever to know that those little things were taken care of. So I completely agree that that is something, whatever you can afford, <laughs> make it happen because it's a major stress reliever. And I think so many people kind of cause their own drama by just taking on
1: too much. And nowadays, there's so many things that you can outsource food. I don't like to cook. And you don't like to cook now with all the options that are affordable, yes. uh, that you can, you know, make sure your kids get fed or your family gets fed without having to cook. So I think that there's a lot more available now. Technology's made a lot more available. And again, just to outsource as much as you can afford.
0: Yeah, agreed. Now I want to call out a couple of cool things I noticed on your website, just really quickly. Now karenschonbart.com, I'll put links to all of your things in the show notes here for the podcast, to your book, to the website. But you had some really cool photos with some pretty neat celebrities: A Rod, the Doobie Brothers, Jennifer Hudson. And I know the NPD Group hosts an their idea event every year. Can you tell us a little bit about what that entails and the kind of cool factor of that?
1: Well. Uh, NPD tracks over 20 different industries. We are the data of record for things like toys and apparel and video games and consumer electronics. And the companies rely on us to help provide them with information that helps them make better products for us, the consumers. And because we do it in 20 different industries, what's really cool is to get people together from across these industries so that they can see what's going on across retail, across e-commerce, uh, trends that are happening. And so the idea of the idea conference was to not just focus on individual industries, but bring people together. And it's a thought leadership conference. It's an executive uh, only level event. And uh, it's been really well received by our clients because NPD brings them the data, but we also bring them the industry expertise and the thought leadership uh, to help them figure out what are the right trends to focus on to ultimately help consumers.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, when I worked there, that was one thing that I really loved was seeing the collaboration between industries and seeing how trends really are formed by multiple industries coming together and by these leaders coming together to say, okay, what's important here in in the world in general, not just in those specific industries. Now, another thing I noticed on the website is you won an ACE award from Women's Wear Daily from the Accessories Council. And you w- At the NPD group, you accepted the Business Leadership Award, but some of the other cool people that were at that event were really cool designers, Betsy Johnson and Kendra Scott. And how, you know, as a woman in business, you get to do some cool things, but you're also really a powerhouse. You know, you're really showing up as your best self. What would you attribute over all these years, kind of that staying power that you've developed, to build your career as a woman, to win awards, to really be this role model and shining light for other women?
1: Well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say. You know, I didn't have a grand plan. I honestly, I just, I worked hard and I got promoted and I worked hard and I got promoted and I volunteered for things and I always brought my best self. I always brought my A-game to everything I did. And good things happened. Um, And, you know, it's not something you do by yourself. It's a a big team effort. And so I've just, you know, it's that that quote I said earlier, it's luck what happens when preparation meets opportunity. I've always been prepared. I work hard and with a little luck thrown in, I've had some wonderful um, things, but even that ACE award, that wasn't me. It was the whole team working on that business that really made that happen. And I got the fun part of being able to accept the award, but, Uh, One of the great things about NPD is it really is a very strong collaborative culture and people work together, just like the examples that you've given from your past. We were nominated one of the best companies to work for in New York. Uh, And, you know, that makes me more proud than the fact that I've met celebrities. Yeah, yeah. It is a great company. Now, over the years, you know, I want to wrap this up because
0: this is the Energy Now podcast, and you've had energy in your career to build what you need to do. You know how to shift yourself on the fly. What is one final piece of advice that you would give to other people that are building their career? They're, you know, in in high-pressure environments, and they really want to show up as their best self. What's one piece of advice you would give them for them to stay positive, to shift their energy when they're stressed, when they're drained, when they really need to bring that A game, like you said?
1: I would say focus on your strengths. We all know what our strengths and weaknesses are, and very often we spend a lot of time working on our weaknesses. But if you can find what you're really good at and what you love and what brings you that energy and that passion and you can be even better at that and find a job where you get to do that more often uh you'll be much happier and you'll probably be more successful as well so i would say if i had to pick one thing it would be focus on your strengths.
0: that's amazing any last minute things you want to share any other
1: nuggets no it's been a pleasure talking to you Kristen, and i wish you uh, all the best in the new year
0: Thank you so much for being here on the Energy Now podcast. If you loved the show, please share it with people that you know would love it as much as you. Give it a good review. It really helps to get the word out so that we can all raise our energy levels, be more positive leaders, and really show up as the best versions of ourselves. You can get everything you need at energynowpodcast.com. And thank you for spreading good energy now.